We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. And we are going to discuss one of our big picture Bible passage, not attacks, but we're just, whatever we're, we're doing. We're not attacking anything. We're just going to talk about the big picture point of, of Ephesians. One of the books. Yeah, Ephesians. Ephesians. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So e- Ephesians is is, if I, in my opinion, it is the only purely doctrinal epistle in the New Testament. Hmm. It is not a situational letter like Corinthians, Romans. Those are definite situations that were being addressed. Yeah, he's addressing them to a person or to a problem. Yeah, but not not in the book of Ephesians. Okay. The book of Ephesians is, is a general doctrinal epistle. Mm. In fact, even in, in the most of the ancient uh, manuscripts that are old, you don't have the words in Ephesus in the first, in the oh, greeting. Really? Now, the, the title of the book on those ancient manuscripts is Pros uh, Ephesios, which is the to the Ephesians, but there's not even hardly any greetings. There's no personal, like personal greetings at yeah. the end, you know, greet this guy or greet this, because it's mm-hmm. not really for that, it's like, you know, greet the brethren or something, generally. Yeah. So the probably the book called Ephesians is what would be called a an encyclical epistle or one that was probably sent to Ephesus but assumed to be going to maybe all the churches in Asia to teach them hmm. uh, some, some basic fundamental things. Yeah. Now, Jed, earlier, he was breaking it down for me. <laughs> and tell him what you said earlier. I... Well, I don't know if I can remember that far back. Well, it was a two-part breakdown. Yeah, I said it's basically two parts. In the first half, he tells you about Jesus and the new life. And then in the second half, he goes and what that new life will look like, like some practical how to do it. And that's basically right. But let me break it down a little more in detail for you a little bit. That's fine. Um, The first, starting in verse 3 down through verse 14, is Mm -hmm. a doxology. It's a praise. Yeah. Praise be to God. Blessed be to God, you know, and it's for all of the blessings we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. Making known the mystery. Yep. And I like mentions of mystery, by the way. Well, it does. And yeah. and actually, the mystery of Christ is a big deal here. The mystery uh, of His will in verse 9, mm-hmm. according to His eternal purpose, which He purposed in Him. Yeah. And so that's a lot of what the the book is about. But you have this praise or doxology, and you'll notice in uh, verse... Uh, Six, you have unto the praise of the glory of his grace. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 12, you have so that we might be unto the praise of his glory. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of verse 14, it ends with unto the praise of his glory. Yeah. So that's that's your doxology. Then that's followed by prayer number one. 
And prayer number one starts in 115 and goes through the end of that chapter. Mm -hmm. And that's basically a prayer that, that the recipients might come to grasp and understand some of the things that Paul is trying to explain to them right. uh, in this letter. And then from chapter 2, verse 1, all the way over to 313, mm -hmm. you have what I would call the mystery of Christ explained. Yeah. And it is an explanation of the lostness of man and the intervention of God in Christ and, and um, um, all that involved in that. And then you have prayer number two, right. there which the is 314 three. through 21. Mm -hmm. And again, it sort of repeats the prayer of chapter one where that I'm praying that you'll be able to grasp the greatness of the things I'm trying to explain to you mm -hmm. in this letter. And then you have the walking section, right? which is chapters 4 through 6, 9, mm -hmm. chapter 4 through chapter 6, verse 9. And then you have kind of a wrap-up section about uh, being strong to put all this into practice through the strength of the Lord. Yeah. So that's basically the way the, the book is laid out. Um, so could we summarize the point of it is you have a new life here's how to live it out? Or would we go even deeper and say, you have a new life in Christ, and let me show you how that works? Yeah, it's about, look at all the wonderful blessings in Christ, now try to understand them with me. Mm, okay. And um, Paul goes deeper because in chapter 2, he says, you were dead yeah. in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, you once lived, according to the course of this world. And one of the things you'll find throughout Ephesians is you'll find once or at one time and now. Yeah. Back then and now. Yeah. Uh, for example, um, look down in 1-3. Read that one for us. 1-3? Uh, mm, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 3. 2-3. Uh, Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. All right. So, so if you notice in verse 1 there, uh, we once lived, and mm -hmm. then according to the course of this world, and in verse 3, we all also once lived this mm -hmm. way. Yep. And then if you drop down to verse 11. That's where he says, therefore remember that at one time. See, at one time. That's mm -hmm. going back. And then look, read verse 12. Verse 12, remember that you were at that time mm -hmm. separated from Christ. So you've got all those at one time, at one time, at that time. Mm -hmm. And verse 12 really summarizes, read that, our plight yeah. back then. Uh, we were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But verse 13 is your contrast. Yeah. But, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. See, now in Christ, you who once or mm. formerly, so yeah. there's those two time periods that Paul is trying to focus on in the mystery of Christ. What is our spiritual relationship then? What is our spiritual relationship now? Yeah. Yeah, verse so 12 and verse 19 okay. are opposites. Mm. Because in verse 12, he says, you didn't have any citizenship in Israel. You were strangers from the covenants of the promise. Right. But look at verse 19. He says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. All right. So, so again, there's that you're mm. no longer this. 
Yeah. Now you're this, and he tries to get them to see that um, the the now is worth keeping and worth fighting for. Um, in two fourteen and following, he talks about how Christ has made peace between people. Right. Christ has made peace between God and people through Christ in the church. That's where the peace is. Mm-hmm. And um, if you look at verse 3 through 5 in chapter 3, 3, 3 through 5. Yeah. In fact, let's lead, read 3, 3 through 6. Okay. He says, How the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which we were, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. All right, so he he basically explains the mystery of Christ in chapter 2, and now he's talking about that mystery Mm -hmm. that he's explained and says, we didn't know this until it was recently revealed to his apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Yeah. And then he goes down there in verses 8 through 10 and, and says, this is the eternal purpose of God, which God is making known now right. through the church. Yeah. And then in 3.14 to 21, he says, I, I'm praying that you'll be filled with God and be able to understand this. Yeah. And then we get to our 4.4 4 verse that is like, if you don't know anything out of Ephesians, you've probably heard 4.4 4 quoted quite a bit. Yeah, there's one body and one spirit. Yeah. Yeah, but this is, of course, part of the mystery of Christ that was explained back in chapter 2. Yeah. Now, let me show you something cool here real quick. We're okay. going to micro instead of macro real quick. Okay. Um, go to Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, and read mm-hmm. that for me. Okay. So there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belonged to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. All right, and I, I should have told you to read verse 3. Okay, verse 3 said, Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body, and so on. All right, so the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, many of you may not realize that he explained that in chapter 2, verse 14 through 18. Mm. He is our peace who made both one and broke down the dividing wall, you know. Yeah. And and he explains all that, but the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, which so many people talk about, is actually, if you want to know what he's really talking about, go back to chapter 2, verse 14 through 18. Mm. Okay. All right, so let's talk about walking real quickly, because... Okay. You know, we could talk all day about Ephesians, but let's do the walking passages thematically in Ephesians real quickly. Okay. 2 1. Mm-hmm. You once walked mm-hmm. according to the course of this world. 2 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. All right. Then chapter 2, verse 10, when he tells them now they're in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. read 2 10. 2.10, he says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the way you once walked and the way you walk now is two totally different things. Right. There's two walkers. Now I look at 4.1. Okay, 4.1, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling from which you have been called. All right, now 4.17. Okay, 4.17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. All right, and 5.1 and 2. 
Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice All right, to walk God. in love. Now look at 5.8. Okay, 5.8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. All right, and then finally 5.15, which is the mm. bottom line of it all. Yeah, look carefully then how you walk, not as the unwise, but as wise. All right, so... You used to walk according to Satan, 2-1. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In Christ, you're supposed to walk in good works, 2-10. 4-1, you're supposed to walk in a way that's worthy of your calling, Christianity. Mm -hmm. uh, 4-17, no longer walk as the Gentiles walk. 5-2, mm -hmm. as a Christian, you walk in love. You're supposed to walk as children of light, 5-8. And the, and the general summary of it all is Christians have to be very careful how they walk. Yeah. All right. So now let's let's talk about this last section real quick mm -hmm. of the practical section and how it actually breaks down. Yeah. So he's contrasting the lifestyle and the attitudes of the old way of living with the new way of living. Right. And um, starting in 417, where he tells them not to any longer walk as the Gentiles walk, mm -hmm. he gives that uh, pretty generically because of the ignorance of the Gentiles. Look at 422 through 24. This is, this is why we can make the shift in the way we walk. Right. He says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. All right, so the only way you can put off the old self and put on the new self is to change your mind. And the yeah. mind is changed when you are confronted with the mystery of Christ. When the mystery of Christ is explained to you, and you get it, and you understand it, and you want to own it, and yeah. have it to be your own, then it changes you from the inside, and now you think a different way, and so you're going to live a different way. Mm -hmm. Now, so far, we're being generic, and as yeah, we talked about Sunday that, morning... It's that big umbrella. Yeah, generic means nothing. Yeah, we feel like we can fit in there no matter what's going on in our life. Yeah, but but in 425, he gets specific. He starts, yes, he does. He starts saying, okay, what does that mean concretely? Mm -hmm. Read 425 through 29. There. Okay, so he starts with, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one of another. All right, so you see the part in that verse that goes with the old life and mm -hmm. the part that goes with the new. Yep. All right, keep going. Okay, now be angry and do not sin. Mm -hmm. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity for the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone who is in need. See, so don't do this, but now mm -hmm. do this. So. And in that one, he even goes a step further and goes, not only don't do that, but here's something to do with what you do That's now. Right. Yeah. That very concrete. Keep yeah. going. Uh, 29, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And then 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 30 is sort of a generic in there that if you go back to living like the Gentiles live and you keep doing that, you grieve the Holy Spirit of God and he might leave you. Hmm. So he picks it back up in verse 31. Yeah, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away along with all malice. 
Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So see verse 31 is the old part. Mm-hmm. Verse 32 is... And he keeps linking the new part to God in Christ. Yep. It's if you want Their God's example. spirit, if you want Christ's spirit. So it's a lot of times people will go, well, these are just random moral laws. But Paul is very clearly going, it's not just a random moral how to shift. It's tied back to the foundation of it all. That's right, to Christ yeah. and the way Christ wants you to do. And even 5-2 is a summary, mm-hmm. walk in love yeah. like Christ loved you. You're not going to live that old selfish life. But he continues to talk in the next several verses mm-hmm. about you can't live that old way Yeah. again. Lots of sex codes sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, sex Sexual kind of friends, uh, sins, not friends. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you go down to verse 5 and 6, and yeah. he explains why you can't live that way. Yeah, he says, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetousness, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Uh, keep going. Mm-hmm. Let no one deceive you with the empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. All right, so if you, for example, if you look at that term, the sons of disobedience, mm-hmm. He mentioned them in chapter 2, verse 3, and said, We all also used to live among them. Right. And he says, But you got to know that the wrath of God comes upon those that live that way, and we as Christians, we don't live that way mm. anymore. Yeah. So, so then, um, of course, he tells them to walk as children of light. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you got to be really careful how you live. Yep. Now, the summary of that comes down here in verse 18, and we've covered that in, a, in another... Yeah. Plug for a passage attack. Yeah. I'll put a link to that one. Yeah. But, yeah, Dan, you covered that 18 through 21. But in verse 18, see, he summarizes the old and new. Stop being drunk with wine. Mm-hmm. But that's be. old life, but be filled with the Spirit. See, that's right. your that's your new life. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that section, when you get down to verse 21, which is the last thing that tells you how to be filled with the Spirit, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Right. And that becomes the heading for the relationship section of the walking. Uh, What do you mean submitting to one another? Well, verse 22 through 533, we're talking about husbands and wives doing that. Yeah. Chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, we're talking about parents and children and the way in Christ we relate. Uh, Verses uh, 5 through 9 of chapter 6, we're talking about slaves and masters or for our benefit today, employers and employees and right. how we relate to each other if we're Christian. You know, this is how you walk in relationships. Mm-hmm. And then you need God's strength to, to carry to, you through. To, to carry this through. And that's pretty yeah. much what the book of Ephesians is about. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of dichotomies. There's a lot of this and that. Or well it's the old this, and the now. That. It's the old life and the new all the yeah. way through. And if you really want to know how Christians are supposed to live and why Christians live that way mm. Read the book of Ephesians. It gives us the doctrine of salvation and the mystery of Christ, and it gives us the doctrine of how we're supposed to walk Mm -hmm. or live in all different kinds of ways. And uh, so it's a great book. And as I said, it's really not situational. It's something that every Christian will always need. Yeah. I, I'm, I keep having the soundtrack in my head of that old, the old hymn from like early 1900s, late 1800s. Walk, 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 walk in the 
Like, well, it's one of those fun. I don't bases. even remember that. One, it's an old. Know. It was one yeah. of those. You, as a bass, you always looked forward to that one because it's just a fun song. But that's what's playing in my head. Maybe I'll link that one too for those of you who are like, we don't know that song either. Yeah. <laughs> At least you didn't pull out a rooster or an alligator. Me or me. If you want those, you can go to some of my children's videos. But anyway, <laughs> thanks again for joining us on another one of our conversations. And we're in December now. The year's nearly done. We'll probably take a break later on this month uh, yep. for the holidays, but we'll have a couple more weeks before that point. So hope to see you again soon. God bless. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.